available time for a need like the present. We always need you, Lord. There's always something that we can receive, even if it's to just stay in your presence, Lord. Just don't let your presence depart from us, Father. It's just so rich and so wonderful. And we thank you that you have chosen to draw us near to you by your precious Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you are doing in our midst. I ask you to permeate this atmosphere, come in in great power and great authority and great might to bless, heal, restore, renew us all. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. And we want to say hi to those who are watching on the Internet. Shannon Givens. We love you, but you better come to church, young man. (laughs) Come to church. I see you checking out all the meals and stuff. Amen. We eat an extra one in your honor every Sunday. (laughs) Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. And those of you who cannot be with us, we welcome you and Thank you for joining us because it's it's a blessing. Every time we get together in the Word, it is a blessing. <clears throat> so we're going to talk today, as we said, about the fact that Jesus walked in divine health. Amen. He walked in divine health. So then he provides an example for us even for how to stay healed. Amen. And we know some things about how he probably stayed. He stayed close to the Father. Amen. You see many, many times in the Bible where it says Jesus went wherever and prayed. Amen. He would separate himself from the disciples to spend one-on-one time with the Father God. And so I know many times we get a little more comfortable with corporate prayer because we pray here. And also people who are in this ministry pray once a week with a prayer partner. Amen. And uh, if for some reason you're not assigned one, we we can talk about that and and, uh, see if if that's what you want to do. And and, uh, we always uh, make sure people are agreeable with it and can make the commitment, you know, to pray extra. But it's always good to make sure you pray as often as possible. But even when you pray with your partner, if you pray uh, corporately here on on Saturdays and then pray during the week, you still have to make yourself available to God uh, It's with just the two of you. Amen. One on one, because there are some things that are are personal things that that show up in between your prayer watches and you just need to have that relationship with your father amen there's no substitute for the one-on-one relationship with god and so we know that jesus was able to pull away from everything that that he was doing uh you're never too busy to spend time with god amen Uh, my question is busy doing what and what's more important than spending time with the Lord. Amen. And so when when we think about it, uh time with him should be a priority. But I'm I'm certain that that's how Jesus was able to keep his life flowing in the direction that it needed to go. Uh he got instructions from the Father. He said uh, whatever the Father does, that's what I do. So they must have some kind of relationship where the Father either speaks to him, acts out, or demonstrates everything that Jesus does. Isn't that amazing? 
So they have the kind of conversation that um, I think um, dramatized every step that Jesus had to walk in. He got it directly from the Father. Amen. Amen. It's like the closest relationship. You know, even though you as parents uh, have relationship with your children, you can't be with them physically and show them and demonstrate to them everything that you want them to do. You wish you could. Amen. They probably do be more successful because when you think about it, you have the benefit of having made mistakes and corrected them. And if you could just impart that to them, well, the father was able to do that with Jesus. Not that he made mistakes, but I use that as an example of uh, having a perfect vision for what your offspring is supposed to do. See, parents really should have that. And I know God wants to give that to you. If you haven't received it from God, begin to petition God. God, what do you want this child of mine to do? And what do you want that one to do? And what have you called this one to do? And how is that one going to uh, turn out? It, you know, it, let me know. And never be afraid to ask God. Amen. Sometimes you're asking can cause God to alter what's been going on. You know, I mean, seriously. It's okay to assume, you know, you, you have your prayer, you have your seed of the righteous prayer. And you confess that regularly over over your child or your children. But you need to delve into that specifically and find out, you know, God, where is this child going and what do you want them to do? And then you can pray bold prayers for them. You can pray more confidently for them. Never think that that there's nothing that God wants to do just because they're maybe in a state of disobedience or maybe they're in a state of, you know, uh, uncertainty or something. That's the time to get the plan out. Amen. That's the time to pull out all the stops and find out from God. Let's get them back on track. Let's get them where they're supposed to be. Amen. I remember that, uh, um, I'm trying to think, I can't think of his name, that gentleman that we, we, I don't know, we listened to his testimony during the empowerment meeting when we, we, you know how we would do the voice of the martyr. And remember he was, um, apprehended, uh, going into one of the Middle Eastern countries and uh he said that this man beat him every day and his he he found out after his release that his mother said lord don't let him out of prison until you fulfilled everything in him that you want to do and boys getting beat every day amen now how confident a parent see she had a total vision for what her son is supposed to be. And maybe he wasn't there yet is why she prayed the prayer. Not knowing that he was suffering physical. Now most parents when you find out or if you suspect your kids or, or you got a kid in jail, that's the first thing you want to do is protect them. Amen. But she didn't pray that. God knew her heart anyway. So she... She said, don't let him out till he done. Ow! And the first thing we want to do is pray, get him out. 
Amen. I know that's right. I pray with enough parents to, to know. But see, back in the day, we had parents that say, God, just straighten them out. And not nothing about get them out. Straighten them out. Because that's the most important thing. You understand what I'm saying? That that child be disciplined and taught. Amen. The, the right way to live. The right way to obey God. Get all those kinks out of there. All that, that, uh, false thinking and wrong thinking and wrong believing. All of the things that hinder a good life can be worked out in those tough circumstances. Amen. And so yes, you want your child free. Yes, you want them out. But you also want them out successful. You want them, you want them to benefit and successful in God. Amen. Spiritually successful. So, so those things are important. Amen. They're just very important and they're important to God. And I believe if we'll pray along God's will like that, they'll, they'll be released faster if God's will can be accomplished. Well, they like it over at the Y. <laughs> they like me over there. <laughs> But you, you see what I'm saying? It's something, there's a reason sometimes why they're, they're not in a place where they need to be. And God can work that out probably a lot faster than, than we could ever ask or think. Amen? And so sometimes it's first things first. Put that relationship with God ahead of everything. And as God solidifies and develops that relationship, as they mature, then freedom comes. You know, whether they're physically incarcerated, incarcerated in a lifestyle that, that's not approving to God, whatever they seem to be bound and trapped in, if we can pray for them, for God's will to be accomplished, even in rough circumstances, amen, then, then it'll develop faster, amen, and, and they'll develop faster. So, so when we understand how Jesus continued to walk in the perfection that he walked in. Uh, number one, he kept constant contact with the Father. And he knew when it was time to spend time with the Father. He just would, would absent himself and go, and go pray, you know? Um, and, and we should be able to do that as well. Amen. I remember the late Fred Price. I was thinking about him the other day and, uh, um, you know, he was one of those people, he was very direct and very forceful and, you know, everything with him was, was black and white. Even though he was a good pastor, he's an excellent pastor and teacher, um, you know, he, he had that prophet's, you know, personality that didn't have any wiggle room for unrighteousness or sin or lies or anything like that. And he was saying, he talked about, <clears throat> what his habit was as far as prayer is concerned and he said every morning when i get up i i close my the door to my study or office or wherever he was i think in the house he said i pray in tongues for a whole hour he said i don't let anything stop me he said i don't care what's going on on the other side of that door i tell my wife i tell my kids i tell everybody don't open that door knock on that door while I'm praying in the spirit and because he was he he knew where God had called him to be and he knew what it would require so he did the required obedience 
so that he could always and see if things went wrong, he could go to God because he knew he'd fulfill the obedience God told him to do. Sometimes if you're a little sloppy about your prayer life or about your Bible reading or whatever, you're a little reluctant. You know, you go to God and say, man, if I've been praying more, this wouldn't happen. You know, whose mind doesn't go like that? And so he, he could always go to God in confidence and faith, knowing that, that God would be there for him because he followed the instructions of God. So apparently God must have told him. In fact, I think Brother Hagen would teach that to his he had a prophecy one time where all of the students that were in his Bible school at the time, they knew it. You know, it's at least an hour. If you want to fulfill the vision that God has before you, you got to put in the time with the Father and in prayer and in, in communing with God and understanding God. There are people who can, you know, because once they, once your day gets started, you got a busy day. So I'm not, saying that to put restrictions condemnation or or instruction on anybody else that was their instruction amen and so sometimes people can walk with god you know now i'll tell you typical is a housewife that has bits and snatches of time you know like if you if you have small children you'd get them down for a nap you might be able to get a half hour praying in tongues or a half hour worship with God. But other times during the day, you'll have times of reflection on the Lord, times of meditation in God, times, and those are good to do as well. You see, I mean, don't take that got to do an hour praying in tongues as being the law of the land for everybody. There's rich relationship that you can have with God, but all I'm saying is you, it's going to require time. You gotta put in the time. So however the time comes, you may not have a straight hour, flat hour to spend straight through. But you might have five hours because you take 30 minutes several times a day. Or God might give you a scripture to meditate on where you talk to Him through meditation. And He starts to open up revelation inside your spirit. You see? And so, those are good too. I mean, in fact, it's it's good to walk with God. I remember seeing that that story of Enoch, and I said, "Oh God, I like that." I said, "He walked with you, and he got invisible." I said, "God, I want to just be invisible." And, Amen. <laughs> now, don't ask me why I thought that, but that was when I was almost a brand new Christian. And I saw that, see, he walked with God, and then he was not, because God took him. I said, well, he just forgot to go home one day. He just didn't end the prayer. He just wanted to stay close to you. And many years later, I was, I was in, um, um, when we were at James and Tanisha's, remember we first went, you remember that? <laughs> That's funny, because I, he, he, uh, Pastor James asked the Lord, he had got, he was praying about who would mentor him and who would help him because he was just starting out his church and so forth and so on. And, uh, God kept pointing him to me. And so, um, he said, Lord, what is it about her? And God says, she walks with me. Isn't that wonderful? 
And my husband was sitting next to me and said, nah, 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 nah. You know. <laughs> Got you back. But <laughs> it's good for family members to hear stuff like that, too, because they first thing they want to do is say you're crazy or whatever, whatever. But that was fulfillment of that desire. See, he'll do these things. And you Sometimes you're not even aware that they're being fulfilled. But I remember I just so like spending time with God. Because he he took me out of loneliness and depression through constant communion with him. Amen. He can take you out of your circumstances through constant communion with him. Amen. That's always the answer. Amen. That's always the answer. And so, and I don't take it for granted. I still have goals I set. I want to read my word more. I want to meditate. I want to hear more more of uh, teachings that build my spirit up. I want to do all of it. Amen. But you never take that for granted. And so I was so thankful that God had answered that prayer uh, after all of those years. So praise God. Praise God. And my little Snoopy friend over there remembers everything. <laughs> the little recorder. Uh, the little scribe remembers everything so thank god because you know my memory hey whatever but uh we working on it amen just always working on it so so the fact that jesus lives in you means health lives in you and not just uh uh vitamin health and eating right health even though you must eat right you know i have to be careful not to let people think that it's okay not to eat things that are, you know, that are beneficial for you. You know, I'm not talking about going overboard and all of that kind of crazy stuff. But there are some things that really are beneficial for us. And we have to make sure that those are included. But also, you must depend on the word for first and foremost. That that word has to have the preeminence over anything you eat or don't eat. In the natural, you know, nat- <clears throat> naturally speaking. So if he lives in you, that means that we have divine health already abiding in us. So the challenge is to continue to feed that. So when you meditate on the word, you begin to feed the spirit of Christ that's in you that is responsible for your health from a supernatural and divine standpoint. Amen. And and I believe that if we'll do that, then make sure that that aspect is continually fed, that we won't have, if, if you are challenged in your health with symptoms, your answer is very close to you. Instead of stumbling around in darkness trying to find it, you know, kind of like in a hurry, it, it's very, very close to you. Y'all know what I'm talking about when I say things like that. There are some people that that run into health problems and they have no clue where to go. That they can go to the Word. That if they meditate on the Word and if they feed on the Word, that that health will spring forth in them and it will drive sickness out. They Some people have no clue that's how that operates. And so that's what we want to to always be uh, ready to to activate our covenant of health and healing when symptoms attack us. See, for us, it's an attack. It's not a diagnosis. Amen. 
See, you could refuse a diagnosis because God's promised you that he won't put disease on you. So it didn't come from God. And if it didn't come from God, you have a right to refuse it. You have a right to refuse anything that's not of God because you belong to him. I remember an entertainer when I was, you know, in, in the world still younger. Uh, uh, this woman used to be on Johnny Carson's Tonight Show a lot. She was a Broadway dancer. Uh, her name was Lola Falana. And she was a very, very beautiful girl and an ex- extremely good dancer. Amen. And um, she talked about the time she she came down with MS. And she was still in the world dancing. And she said, I don't know what, she said, this thing would come and come over me. And she said, it would start to weaken me. She said, my leg would go numb. I would start to stumble. And she said, and one day I said to that thing, I said, whoever you are, whatever you are, you get away from me. I belong to Jesus. She had given her life to, to the Lord, probably, no doubt, as a young child. And to this day, she's healthy. Of course, she left entertainment. You know, she went to, to follow the Lord, you know, the way that God was leading her. But she has never looked back. Amen? But she used her authority, and there's Christian spirit-filled praying tongues and scared of the devil. You understand what I'm saying? And she stared him down first thing and told him who she belongs, whose I am and who I serve. Amen. I may not be serving him right now, but I'm about to get that straightened out. <laughs> Amen. And that's what you do. You have a covenant. Amen. That's what a covenant is. When you need it, you whip it out in the devil's face and, and let him know what's what. Amen. So we've got to feed the spirit, <clears throat> our spirit man who is made in the image of Christ with the word of God. That's how he lives. That's how he gets strong. So in Proverbs 4, we know this scripture, hopefully backwards and forwards, and we meditate on it regularly. Amen. In verse 20, it says, My son, it's talking to the child of God, pay attention to my words. It says, Attend to my word, incline your ear. To my sayings. And what that means is make an effort to listen. Don't let the word of God just go float through one ear and out the other. When you hear it, grab onto it. Amen. He said, attend to my word. Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the center of your heart. Amen. What that means is other things might come come and go as desires in your heart. Amen. But God says, center your life around my word. Amen. Like sometimes you might sit in, in idleness and think, you know, you want to marry this wonderful looking bodybuilder you see on the commercial. or Huh? You might say, ooh, that sure would be nice. But, Lord, I'm committed to your word. Amen. I want what you want for me. Amen. But let him have muscles like that, Lord, please. (laughs) He don't want to fire the bodybuilder. No, but you know what I'm saying. So we have other desires that float in and hopefully float in and out. You don't get centered on something. 
that's a carnal desire. It won't satisfy you. Amen. Of course, a lot of people don't know that until it backfires 15 times. <laughs> Amen. 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 You know, people have, in carnal people, a lot of times people, you're, they're in a marriage and looking at the next husband or wife already. You understand what I'm saying? It just, just letting lust dominate. And the last one you had, like the woman at the well. Amen. Jesus, he said, go get your husband. I, I don't have a husband. He said, yeah, the man you living with, you understand what I'm saying, he ain't your husband, whatever. And, and so, so that's a life that, that you want to turn away from. You don't want that. Amen. You're created for, for a higher level of living. Amen. Instead of from one person to the next to the next. You have one love and that's God. Everything else you need flows out of that relationship, you know. You know, don't spend your life wishing you had this and wishing you had that, you know. God has so much more for us. Your life is about more than who you sleep with and how fast you can get on to the next one. Amen. Amen. Move a little bit over there, just a giggling. Amen. Well, I'm glad. Amen. Cause see, uh, see, that means you graduated, baby doll. Amen. See, it's funny now. <laughs> see? <laughs> Cause at one time it might have made you cry to think like that. So thank God you, it, you got joy now cause you've overcome that. That's good. Amen. And so when we, when we understand that we've allowed undesirable attitudes to exit our life. And now we're centered on God for real. Amen. See, you see, we're centered on God for real. When you understand that about yourself, then you can have an assurance. You can have confidence. You can have, uh, you know, when you, when you ask God for something, you have such a peace and a confidence. When you go, like I said, go boldly to the throne. That means nothing's stopping you. Your your bad attitude is not stopping you anymore. Amen. Your old desires are not stopping you anymore. Amen. Your craving for attention isn't stopping you anymore. Amen. So you're going boldly to the throne. You're going confidently. You're going like you know you belong there. Amen. That's the way we're supposed to approach our life in God. And that confidence and that boldness is faith. See, faith will give you that. When it's unhindered, it's a wonderful thing. But if we live sloppy before God, we'll always be wondering. I wonder if, he, well, you know, I'm, I, I just, I don't know if God want me to have all that. You know, that should never be your confession. If you, if righteousness will speak for you and let you know that these things belong to you. Amen. You have total confidence that God wants you to have them, and there's nothing standing in the way of your receiving from God. Amen? So, Isaiah 53, did we finish uh, Proverbs 4? He says, he says, keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those that find them. So you got to find them. That means that you got to shop in your Bible and find them. Amen. It just means seeking God through his word. Amen. So their life and health or medicine 
to all of our flesh. So when you read and meditate, and chew and swallow the word of God, you're taking your dose of medicine. Amen. And you always take it through your ear. Take it through your hearing. So it has to affect your hearing. It's like it comes to your ear and you trap it in your mind and you chew it up through meditation. You swallow it and goes down to your spirit. So that's the process. If you don't trap it in your mind and chew it till it, it becomes, it begins to, to flavor you. You got me? You start to get that pleasant taste of what it's like to have the, the word richly in you. And you begin to desire more of the word. You love the word. Amen. You, it's not a quick, you, you're not interested in um, a one minute prayer. Or uh, 10 minutes or 3 minutes with Jesus or 15 minutes. How dare you put a limit on, you know. I see stuff like that and I said, now they just trying to get a following. You know, become popular. Because they tell you to spend less time with God than is necessary. Sometimes it might take you 15 minutes to get all the junk out your mind. You know, from putting it down and getting it up and putting it down and getting up again. And Oh, yeah, I forgot to do this and that before I read my word. Oh, yeah, let me go get my water. Oh, yeah, let me get my soft drink. Let me go get my tea. Let me cozy up. Amen. And so once we understand that, that, that we're, <laughs> we're time is, you can't put a time element in there. Amen. I remember Roberts Laird used to tell the story about his grandmother and uh his grandmother lived with it was uh he his mother his grandmother his sister uh the father had divorced the mom and so the grandmother didn't work so she always was there to to uh take care of the children but the mother had a job to go to so they were small kids I guess and the grandmother would would go and tackle him and his sister and they would, they would close up in a room or something and, and she would put, she would sit against the door so they couldn't get out. And he said that he remembered when, when she would come in and she would say, Father, I thank you we can come to before your throne. He said, as soon as that word came out of that, her mouth, the anointing would descend in that little room. He said, and I remember cause I got goosebumps every time the Holy Ghost came and he remembers the goosebumps when, and it didn't take him her long to contact God because she meant business and God knew her time was limited he said if this woman go get anything done she gonna have to have some time to not have to wrestle these kids so when when there's limited time legitimate limited time God knows it and he'll accommodate us but you got to be willing to spend the time with him. Amen. So, and then it's good to develop the, the habit of walking with God if you can, you know, just keeping his presence close all the time so that he, you make yourself available to him, you know, like any time. Amen. And, and that's such a good way to live. Not everybody can. I realize we have jobs, we have this, we have that, but you know, it's good to even in your job. <laughs> develop a uh, um, a uh, what do you call it an availability because he'll follow you on that job 
And he'll dominate everything. He'll take over. I, I remember a lady when I was young in the things of God, she would come and speak at some of our women's meetings. I, <clears throat> God had trained me in a women's ministry. And um, she was a social worker. And she said that um, in her office, she said that that was known as a prayer room. She And she said that her bosses would bring people in there for her to pray with them. She did a Bible study there. She did everything she wanted to do right there, you know. And and she would, they would say, well, could you pray? She said, well, you know what I do now. If these people, y'all got something against Jesus, you let me know, right? And no, 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 we want him too. You know what I'm saying? So... <laughs> So, I mean, and she called the shots. Amen. So we don't have to go in anywhere fighting for anything and, and making a big ruckus about, they don't let you pray in there. No, not people like you. You know, if you got to know who you are. <laughs> like Paul said, whose I am and whom I serve, you know. So you got to know those things. And and walk confidently in them. You don't have to try and intimidate anybody. But it it comes through spending time with God. You have that kind of relationship with Him, that you know Him and He knows you. And and she was one of those people. Like you know, I would sit on the edge of my seat. I was like, boy, I wish I brought some popcorn. You know, <laughs> I mean, she had adventures in God on the job like you wouldn't believe. So so yeah, it's a good thing. So He says, keep your heart. With all diligence. That's very important. For out of it are the issues of life. So you got to guard what comes into your heart. You have to guard what, you know, you have to guard sometimes what you dream about. You know, I mean, you, you dream something and it don't sit well with you or you, or sometimes you like that dream and then you think about it. I said, no, wait a minute. It was some illicit stuff in that thing. So hey, you got to renounce it. And say, God, now wait a minute, I don't want to have nothing to do with that. Huh? Because you know, dreams can come up from your memories. You, you know, your minds are like tape recorders. This stuff you thought you forgot a long time ago and then all of a sudden it'll pop up in a dream. Amen? There's thoughts that go through your head. And so we, we have to be careful to, to stay set apart to God at all times. And prayer does it. Your prayer life and your meditating the word, uh, your communion with God, meditating on the word is communion with God. Amen. <clears throat> and so just reflecting on things that we read in the Bible and what does this mean and what does that mean and all of the things that, that go with that. Don't ever assume you understand everything. Just because a scripture is familiar to your ears. There's always more revelation that you can get out of things uh, because you you proceed into the mind and the heart of God to pull out those those truths, pull out that revelation so that it, and it's available to all of us. According to James, it says, if anybody lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. It gives to you liberally and doesn't upbraid you. So he's the only one that won't. You know how you had teachers that got impatient with you? If they had to correct you in the same thing over and over again, well, he's not like that. 
you'll ever get upbraided because you keep asking the same stuff over and over. God, what about this? What about that? You know, he'll just give you wisdom, give it to you liberally. Amen. So it's a, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Now, because Christ lives in us, we have constant healing coming to us. Sometimes we are not as aware of that as we need to, but he lives in us because we continually need to be healed. Many times he's healing us from um, iniquity, the the works of the flesh, um, offenses, maybe, you know, things that, that just rub us the wrong way, you know. And, you know, we'll think, well, that's just the way I am. Well, he's got something better for you than the way you are. Amen. So we need to let him have those things. Amen. We need to let him come for those things because the first thing he spoke about the anointing. Let me see. Uh, I was hoping it was right here in Isaiah 53. I know it's in Luke chapter 4 for sure. It says here in 53 verse 3. It says he was despised and rejected of men. So you don't have to be. He was despised and rejected so you can be accepted and loved. Amen. It says, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Everybody condemned him, made fun of him. Amen. But surely he did it to take away our griefs and carry our sorrows. Yet again, we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for us, for our transgressions. And he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was laid upon him with his stripes. We are healed. Now in this passage, it says that we are healed. That means that the fact that he bore stripes put us in a place of continual healing. Renewable healing over and over again. Amen. Now, many people um, understand this. Because you ever see some people that have three different kinds of cancer and get healed from it? You know, I'm talking about really in the natural. A lot of them, oh, I'll just go and get my treatments. And they beat it over and over and over again. They have a sense that every time they they get it, it's a fresh and new situation and they don't ever run out of grace or run out of whatever it is they're relying on to get them well again. And see, we as believers have that in us continually with the Spirit of Christ. See, because he dwells in us, we never run out of healing. There is a balm that resides in us that continue. We can call that up whenever we want to. We can. You know, I, I've done it. You know, it it works. It, it'll work with anything. Now, I've done it with minor things. Like if I, if I uh, injure myself or hurt myself, I'll just 
begin to thank you, Lord, for healing me. I thank you for healing. I thank you, Lord, that this bleeding will stop. I thank you, Lord, that this wound will heal. I thank you, Lord, for healing me. And you do that and not quit. See, faith doesn't quit. If you, you can tell if you're in faith or not. Because you'll keep continuing to do it until it stops. Amen. Until you get your result. So faith does not quit. And it doesn't stop and look and see what's going on. Amen. I was, I had a, a toothache off and on and I thought for sure I was going to go to the dentist before the week was out. And I started to thank God for healing. I said, thank you, Lord. You bore my pains. Take this pain away, Lord. Take it away now, Lord. I want this pain gone. And, and that was like over a week ago or maybe a week ago and it has not hurt since. Now I have an appointment. See, this is the only other dilemma. Do I let go of my faith, keep the appointment, or do I call and cancel? <laughs> That's always a, you understand what I'm saying. I mean, it's just always a challenge to your faith. But I thank God that my faith is holding, or I could be in pain up until it's time for the appointment. You know what I'm saying? And so I thank God for that. I remember somebody giving a testimony about um, someone that they knew, a minister that they knew. No, no, it wasn't that. It was, I think, I'm trying to think. I'm, I want to say it was Miriam, Sister Miriam, yeah. Um, it was somebody that she knew. And so they, they were like chatting just between the ministers. And they shared with her a story, a testimony, that the men, the pastor and one of the, the, his assistants or somebody, several of the men in the church were working on something and this beam fell on them and it fell across the pastor's back and they had just had someone come in and teach them on either raising people from the dead or faith or something that they'd been submerged in his faith teaching. And so his assistant began to command him to be healed and get up for an hour and a half. Nobody called 911. And they, the interesting thing is they didn't share the testimony with a lot of people. Now, sometimes it's God, sometimes it's not. Well, her thing was, well, why not share it? Because God was glorified in it. But, you know, there were people Jesus told them not to tell anybody what had happened to them. You understand what I'm saying? And so, you know, if it's if it's at the place where you know that that God has released you to tell it, then you tell it. If you're not sure he's released you, then you don't. But they felt they could share it with her because... She was a minister. And so sometimes God will sing, single people out for us to be able to share things. And I think many times our testimony is like that. He releases it at a certain time, certain season to edify and bless other people. The other thing is the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So somebody's going to try it. Not that they're going to make anybody sick to do it. But the, but there's, there's a prophetic anointing on it, which means that it's, it's repetitive. 
See, the spirit of prophecy, every time it's heard, it comes alive. And so it can be activated in other people to hear. That's why you can go into this Bible and get healed out of it. Because this is the spirit of prophecy. The whole thing is. Amen. And so this word comes alive whenever it's heard and received. And it's the same thing with our testimonies. Amen. When he releases us to give testimony, the spirit of prophecy is on that thing. And somebody is going to hear it and go out and do that exact same thing. It's going to happen to them exactly like they heard it. Amen. I remember uh, in Detroit, I had given a testimony. I forgot about my car or something repair where I had uh, talked to the, um, um, I had just bought my last car, not this one I'm driving now, but that one from a private owner. And I think it was under the mileage for the, the um, warranty to be expired. And, I, the transmission started slipping. I thought, oh, brother, here we go. So we, I took it in. I found out the transmission did need to be replaced. And so I called General Motors and, uh, they have this, this phone number. You gotta look for it to find it. Amen. Cause it's not like, call us if you don't like your product. This is like a customer yada, yada, yada line. And so I called them and I told them, I said, I'm really concerned about my vehicle. I said, it is, um, it, it had something like maybe 40,000. I think the, the powertrain was warranted for 50,000 miles or I think it was four years at the time. Well, it was just over four years old. And I explained to them the situation and I said, now I purchased Cadillac because it's a superior product and I know your product lasts longer than this. Oh yes ma'am. Oh yes ma'am. Oh yes ma'am. You understand what I'm saying? Now if I had gone to them with accusation, want to cuss somebody out, demanding to but see, God will give you wisdom. It says he will give you wisdom and a voice. Amen. And so he'll give you wisdom and words. And I, to be honest with you, when they, they give you their owner's manual, it's like a love story between you and Cadillac Corporation. <laughs> they smooth you because cause they got your money already. See what I'm saying? So in order to take the pain of the sticker price away, they give you a, a, a love letter in there and schmooze you. You say, you know, I feel so much better now that I have spent all this money on this car, this hunk of metal out here. And so I just gave back to them what they gave to me. They said a superior product, yada, yada. And I said, See, I know you, you make a, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. What can we do for you, ma'am? And so I told them what the situation was. I told them what the dealership said it was would cost. And they said, well, can we compromise with you? And so that's the point where I usually jump bad and put, <laughs> put my do-rag on. You understand what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, tie your wig back, put your do-rag on, and get ready to 
get your sisters to go out there with you and all that brother too if you can find one and so i decided i was gonna skip that let the old girl die and i told him i said well let me consider it i said i will ask my husband and they said well let me tell you what we can do and i said oh well, in that case, I guess I got a few more minutes. So we wound up settling for they would supply the transmission if I would pay the labor. And so I thought that was a pretty good compromise, seeing as how it was old anyway. So I get a new one. That one failed. So you got to be careful with the devil. You understand what I'm saying? you got to hold on to your faith. And you've got to hold on to the fruit of the Spirit. So you don't get mad because you think your problems are over and here they are popped up again. You got me? So when I found out that was failing, I went back to the dealership and I explained that to him. And the dealer was angry because he wanted, you know, the devil's always going to try to get you worked up about something, you know. I don't know what else we can do. I said, well, why don't you call? I said, or I can call them. I called them the first. Oh, no, 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 no. I thought so. So they gave me another one. And that one lasted for another 20 years. You understand what I'm saying? See, that's what God wants us to have. He wants us to have that longevity on stuff. So Renee, uh, the late Nene, was, so she's listening to my testimony. And so sometimes you don't know why you tell these things. You just have the open door to tell them you tell them. And so she had her car stopped on her on the freeway. So she said, Pastor Barb said, I call them people. She said, I call them people. <laughs> and I took that car right. They came and towed the car away, took it in there and fixed it with no charge whatsoever. I said, well, Nada, you did better than I did. I had to pay something. You didn't come up with nothing. I remember that testimony. I said, Lord, if you did it for my pastor, you do it for me. So, you know, <laughs> amen. That's the spirit of prophecy, folks. All these people going around telling you, you're going to get a new, text me back in an hour before the hour is up where you can't get the $10,000 I see for you and all that nonsense. It's so foolish. Amen. Amen. True spirit of prophecy works. You can tell because God shows up and honors it. Amen. And he will do what you expect him to do because he's already prophesied it to you. So if you'll listen, amen, and receive it, then it'll be yours. Amen. Now there are a lot of people listen to me and they say Cadillac who she thinks she is. She up there bragging on her Cadillac. See, I know how the devil works on people's minds, because he works on mine like that. But if you'll listen by the Spirit and find out, God, if if this is from you, what's in it for me? <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? What's in it for me? And so, and in in you know, it's like um, uh, brother. Um, oh shoot, Ladonna's parents. Ladonna. No, 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 no. Osborne, T.L. T.L. and Daisy's daughter, T.L. Osborne. He was driving with somebody, another minister. He went, picked him up, took him to lunch, and he drives up in a Rolls Royce. And he says, "Oh, people make fun of me because I drive a Rolls Royce." He always telling me, you know. He said, "But I'm telling you," he said, "This is the best car in the world." He said, 
I buy them used. And I sell them for more than I paid for them. So he was his own car dealership. He's making money and they think he's wasting money. You understand what I'm saying? I, I mean, God will do things like he'll give you these hidden understanding, understandings of the value of things and how you can prosper out of it. So he drives a big, big old Royce Royce and he's a small little man, you know, and he, he got his little, got his little hair piece on that he, he wore, you know, after he started going thin and, and all of that. He's just a little short guy. But he was very, very powerful and very mighty in God. Amen. And you wouldn't suspect him being a Rolls Royce owner or driver. You understand what I'm saying? But he drove his own Rolls Royce. Everybody said, I sell them for more than I pay for them. So, so praise God. So God will give us, you know, unusual, unique sometimes testimonies, unique opportunities to receive from him. And, and it's really about your relationship with him. You know, your understanding of who you are in Christ and all of those things. So, so Jesus was, was wounded, beaten and, and crucified and gave his life as a sacrifice for us. And, and that word really, uh, sacrifice, the uh, Hebrew word is holocaust. Yeah, a holocaust was, the holocaust was the whole burnt offering. It was, it was that offering that was, uh, burnt in its entirety. Amen. That was the holocaust or the whole burnt offering. Now there were other sacrifices that were not totally burned up. Amen. They were offered before God. God received the aroma from them. But the priest ate the meat. It was, it was a meal for the priest as well as uh, the aroma or the sweet smelling sacrifice was for God. The fat always belonged to God. Amen. Hence the lean diet is, is a little bit healthier, you know, unless you're on one of them weird low carb things, but uh, you understand what I'm saying. So there's some wisdom there too, uh, you know, for the priest and they were not allowed to take the portion that belonged to the Lord. In fact, Eli's sons were killed by God and eliminated from the priesthood because they were stealing God's part of the offering and sacrifice. They say they abhorred the offering of the Lord. And so we have to remember that God requires certain things, but Jesus was the Holocaust. See, he was the whole burnt offering. He was the whole offering given to the Father and nothing left for the priest except it really should, what should have been left for the priest was stolen by the Roman soldiers. So the, before the offering was burnt whole, the priest was allowed to skin the animal. So the animal skin was taken off. They needed it. For coats and curtains for the temple and all kinds of things and things to wear, their clothing came from the animal skins. And so when the, the offering was, was made, um, the priest kept the skin. Now, in Jesus' case, 
if he was the Holocaust or the whole burnt offering, what skin was there? Where was his skin? It was his robe. Remember? They gambled for his clothing. Amen. So God even met that requirement. Even left the skin behind. See, the clothes were the skins. So his clothes would be his skin. You know, as an animal substitute. And so God stripped everything from him. Took everything. He shed his blood for our uh, healing. If if he had been beaten by the Jewish priests, he would have only had 39 stripes. But the Bible says he was beaten beyond recognition. So the Romans did not stop at 39. Amen. It exceeded the legal requirement. So when you exceed the legal requirement, you go above and beyond what God required. Sacrifice and offering, I would not, but a body God has prepared for me. Amen? And so when the the legal sacrifice and offering don't satisfy God, he's got to go over and above what the law requires. And he did that in Jesus. So that means no matter what you did is forgiven. No matter how bad your sin is, is if you go over and above, a serial murderer can be forgiven. We may not want to forgive them, and we may think they're the worst person in the world, but God went over and above his legal requirement to pay for the sins of the world. And if you don't think that makes a difference, you think about some of the people who have have had some horrible things done to them and can't forgive. See, when they realize that Jesus went over and above, so that satisfies your over and above hatred for somebody for what they did. Or your desire to not forgive people for what they did. Because if Jesus' sacrifice can't satisfy that, we're in bad shape. So his sacrifice satisfies every demand of the human soul for relief, restitution, and remedy. Amen. And so God designed it that way so that we would, we couldn't claim that this, this, that's not enough. I can forgive, but I can't forget. That's nonsense. Amen. It's like drinking hemlock and wishing the other person would get sick from it. You got me? It, it's one of those things where we must know that God satisfied every demand of the law when it's transgressed. Amen? He satisfied all of it. See, we're talking about legal remedies. We're not talking about emotional offenses. Many times people are into emotional offenses and think they got a case against somebody. You know? I mean, they looked at you wrong and you want to take them to the highest court in the land. You know? It's true. God's not even talking about that. He said already, if you have ought against anybody, forgive. My goodness, look at your situation. Look at what you did in your life. 
Well, you got no room to hold nothing against nobody. That's where really what the law says. Now, who are you? We're talking about violations of God's law. He's the holy one. He's the only one who has the right, the legal right, to hold anything against anybody, but he lets us all be forgiven. So if he can forgive everybody, we're supposed to. We're commanded to. It's so important to God we do that. He'll hold up our blessings if we don't forgive somebody else. Well, if that's news, write it down, underline it, and go find it in your own Bible. You might have to endure some stuff to get to where God wants you to be. Nobody wants to hear that. (laughs) If Jesus took pain and sorrow, we'll have our share of it. Amen. It's not like, well, I'm serving God. People, they ain't supposed to do nothing. Well, ain't nobody supposed to do nothing with nobody. And I'll tell you, most people are not trying to offend anybody. They're just trying to get what they want out of life. (laughs) People walk off from a family. A man walks off from a family. He ain't trying to hurt nobody, probably. He's just selfish. He wants what he wants, and he he don't care what it costs anybody. Just got the devil in him, and the devil's driving the train now, and he's headed for a wreck, but you you can't stop some people sometimes. So don't take it personally, because most times it's just the devil, folks. Amen? And you can forgive. If you get in there with God, he'll help you to do that. You're not required to do anything that God wouldn't do himself and hasn't already done. Amen. So, so we are healed by his stripes. He took pain so that we wouldn't have to. Once you really understand that, you really get faith for that. You can rebuke any pain off of your body. Well, go away. Amen. So we are continually healed over and over and over again by his stripes. It's a, it's a one-time payment, but it, it lasts forever. Amen? Amen? It's like one of those, uh, uh, unlimited talking text. Huh? And we try to weigh it out, don't we? <laughs> but it, it's unlimited. Amen. It renews itself over and over again. Uh, God tells us things in, in the, in the, his promises that he renew our youth. Amen. Well, how does he do that if we're not being healed over and over and over again? Amen. I don't know about y'all, but old knocks on my door every morning when I get up. Huh? It does. Huh? I hear you knocking, but you can't come in. The blood against you. Huh? You better find you a song. That's my song. Don't mess it up. Woo! Cause this my song. When God says sing to him a new song, that's mine. 
Huh? Old knocked on that door. I said, ain't nobody home. We come rushing up in here with your old self. <laughs> take your pains, take your stiffness, take your everything. I was looking at Coco and she didn't got slow. I said, no, let's step it up, girl. Come on, let's get with it here. If I get with it, you get with it. No, the devil is getting your pets to remind you of stuff. Uh, we, we walking out of here on four legs and two legs. We ain't going out of here. Nobody carrying us nowhere. Amen. But yeah, he renews our youth. Amen. Now I be working on that for other things. Then I realized, I said, wait a minute, God, I can do that for my joints too. Huh? That's when I found that scripture, I was like in my thirties, must have been. Amen. Well, almost when I first got saved. And I looked at that, I said, renews your youth. And I thought about, you know, my mother's people are, are Cherokee. And for some reason, they tend to wrinkle. And I start looking, I said, oh my goodness. You know, you start patting stuff and, you know. And so I found that scripture, I didn't have to work so hard. And I think I said, God, I thank you. Renew my youth every day, every day, every day. And then I thought about it. I said, well, I got the face. Let me get the body. Let me get the rest of this. Renew these joints. Don't leave nothing out. Amen. <laughs> it's funny. Amen. Amen. So, um, you know, it, it says he was wounded for us sacrificially. Amen. He, he, for our transgressions. That's the law that you break. But he was also bruised for our iniquities. And that's the broken law in your heart. The bad stuff you wish you could do and you can't do it. See, if you leave that in there as a Christian, one day it's gonna come up and bite you. So he's, he was bruised for your want to do wrongs. That you let stay in there and you nurse them and go visit them every now and then. You better renounce that and get that bad boy out of there. Because he lying in there to come in and bite you. Okay, then we will move on to something happier. Oh. Because it's in there. You know, somebody say something out of line to you either by accident or something like that, or you just in a bad mood like that, and you want to jump up and slap them. That's what we talking about right here. That's called iniquity. That's the desire to do wrong. And we all have some degree of some of it left in there. So when it starts to surface, you say, oh, no, Lord, let me renounce that. I didn't even, how many of you been shocked by it? Didn't know it was still in there. Thought I loved everybody. Yeah, as long as it's superficial, we love. But when it get deep, it, when it start cutting, and we want to cut back. That's why you keep your gang color scarf in that drawer. You be looking at it smiling. I should throw this out, but I guess I like them colors. 
You still like them gang colors. Why you don't throw it out? Huh? Remind you back in the day. Me and baby brother used to run together. Well, whatever. Alicia, you better quit looking at because you know what? I'm too close. I got a little fake ice cube here. It's too close to me. So you better act like you recognize something. Or ain't you, yeah, ain't you used to play that one? Ain't you used to play that one? It's called helping out the preacher. If you ain't gonna help me, amen. Praise God. But transgression is broken law. When you do something wrong, you know you've done it wrong. When you want to do something wrong, you did wrong too. Amen. Yeah, the lust in your heart is sin. That's iniquity. Amen. The more we can allow him to remove that, the more peace and power we have in our lives. Amen. Amen. You know, a lot of times people, you know, I I look at sometimes ministers, and they're guilty of this, get too busy with ministry and don't spend enough time with God. That's how they wind up running off with somebody they just met. You know what I'm saying. That kind of nonsense. You got to let God get that stuff out of you. Well, so God put punishment on jesus until he was satisfied the bible says it pleased the father to bruise him amen and that word please meant it satisfied the required price and went over and above see when you please the father you've done the ultimate because you know you ever had you know like some of you have grown children now you ever have any of them say i can't never do nothing to please you Huh? You're never satisfied. Everything I do, for some reason, you correct it, turn it out, it turns out wrong. You know what I'm saying? Well, because you hold a high standard over your children. But see, Jesus pleased the Father. So he met the high standard and went above. Isn't that amazing? It is good. That don't, don't ever diminish your standards for your children. Because they going to say that when you set the bar low. You know what I'm saying? That's just the devil accusing you. So you hold that high standard for them. But know that Jesus finished and, and paid that highest standard. Highest standard that the law required. Over and above. Amen. So he exceeded the law. Amen. Amen. So <clears throat> God owes us no punishment for our sins. If we trust in Jesus. Amen. Um, You're not even supposed to be punished with guilt. For what you. Once you acknowledge it. He cleanses you from all unrighteousness. All is guilt. All is, is the mental anguish. That we impose upon ourselves. Amen. Or that, that we let the devil put on us. He's always making us unsure of what we do. That's his, that's his MO. That's what he did to Eve in the garden. Hath God said, you know, did he really say that? 
You really think God wants to do? You really think God's going to use you? You really think? You really? Has he said that? Amen. So, so that questioning, doubt, is what he uses to hopefully get us to accept punishment, accept delay, accept something other than what God promised us. Amen. God is personal to us and he will instruct us in a strategy so that we can fight off disease and receive our healing. Amen. Always keep your request fresh before God. If you go before God daily in thanksgiving, praise and worship, you keep your request fresh before him. You may not even have to mention it because there are so many things that we're expecting from God that sometimes, you know, you just don't, you can't remember them all. You can't, but that keeps your, 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 um, expectation. You begin to remind yourself you're expecting God to bless you. You're expecting Him to put these things into your life so that you can enjoy life. He says, I've given you these things that your joy might be full. He wants us to enjoy life. Amen. He just wants us to. And I think if we change our attitude about life. See, I think the first place where you begin to enjoy it is in the place of your attitude. Because I don't care how much material you have. You can have it all and still not be satisfied. So in the Bible reminds us the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. So it's not the perishable things. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So it's a state of being, living close to God is what the kingdom is. It also reminds us to seek the kingdom first. Seek your righteousness, peace, and joy first. And then stuff is added to you. It gets added to you. You know, many, you know, I've heard preachers preach about, you know, well, God wants you to be wealthy. I mean, you know, most Christians think, no, I don't. I'm sorry, sir. I know God wants to take care of me. Now, that's one of the first things I found out about God. That's something we all expect from God. You can be a sinner and expect God to be good to you. Huh? There's no reason to believe he wants you to be poor just because you're serving him. And usually if you serve him and seek and delight in him, you'll find out you got more money you had when, before you start serving him. If you pay attention. Amen. If you pay attention. See, the less religion and the more relationship you have, the more the blessings you have of God. See, what these people don't tell you is they've been plagued with a religious spirit all of their lives. And they'll get saved and start preaching and serving God and still have religion in their minds. They'll have religion running their lives. You get rid of religion and you grab onto God, you'll realize you have everything. And nothing's impossible. He doesn't withhold anything from you. Amen. You'll start to to realize all of it because the blinders and the darkness are taken off of your eyes. Amen. You don't have to go overboard beating people up because they don't have as much faith and as much material things as you have. That's just nonsense. You need to leave that alone because it, it's a it's a way to have this whole wonderful plan of God backfire on people. 
we get to measure in spirituality by the number of cards we can believe God for. The number, you know, I'm, I'm serious. It just needs to stop. Because, you know, I was happy and content with just me and God and moving in the spirit. Now you got to be burdened with all this other stuff they claim they just found out is yours. Amen? Amen. You know, some stuff you need to just grab it and run and don't tell nobody in the church you got it. Because the saints will pull your eye teeth out if they can. Well, who told you you could have that? Where'd you get that idea from? Why? God don't heal everybody. And, I, and you healed already. You're a walking testimony. And they don't even know it. <laughs> that young man that was born blind made the mistake of going back in the synagogue. Let people drag him back in there. He was doing good while he was just roaming the streets. And the neighbors start recognizing he could see. Isn't that the kid that was born blind? I think it was him. Well, let me ask him if that's him. Is that you? Was you born blind? Well, how'd you start seeing all of a sudden? See, that's your cue to just keep your mouth shut, go back in your house. But when they couldn't get a satisfactory answer out of him, they took him to the temple. Let the Pharisees grill him. Huh? Let the expert thieves. They weren't going to be satisfied till he was back begging with a cup in his hand again. That's a warning to those of us that have relationship with God. Don't trade it in for religion. The religion is knocking at your door all the time. We put enough of it on ourselves and we can't get what we want fast enough. Amen? Stay away from that nonsense. Amen. So God will instruct us on a strategy for how to receive our healing 100%. Amen? So keep your request fresh before God. Worship him, praise him, lift him up so that when you are in his presence, you know that you know. The reason we have doubt is we step out of the presence of God. I'll tell you what it is. Because the minute you, you Holy Ghost slap yourself back into your spiritual reality, amen, you start feeling good about your promise. You say, well, God, I just thank you. I know it's coming. I don't know what was wrong with me 15 minutes ago, but I ask you to forgive me and let me stay in this place of blissedness. Amen. (laughs) This place of bliss so that I can enjoy my relationship with you. You know, the only reason we start doubting is the devil wants to steal. Get, Get us focused on things that don't matter. Like how long, when, and if it's coming. Amen. And if you can stay out of how long when and if it's coming and know that you got it, you can stay. You can live in that bliss, that place of bliss with God where you know everything is given already. Amen. Why don't we stop? Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. and Thank you for understanding. Thank you for power and love and a sound mind. Thank you, Lord, for the blessings of God that make rich. Don't add any sorrow to it. We honor you, Lord. We love you. We bless you. We praise you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for everything that you have given us and you are yet to give us because of your covenant of peace and love with us in the name of Jesus. So we're going to do our confession. I don't have Rona. 
and she don't have me. I can't get Rona, and she can't get me. And I thank you, Lord, that by your stripes we are healed. Amen, amen, and amen. It's so decreed. Amen. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen.